Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Big Ten Football Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Guggenheim. Week 8 recap. Make sure to like, follow, subscribe where you get your podcasts. Apple, Google, Spotify. Leave a review. Make sure to retweet, share the podcast. We'd love to to continue to get this thing out there. Quick recap today. A lot of that is because this past weekend I was at a conference, which was awesome. Uh, I, I... have the privilege of working with college students uh, on to, to share the gospel, to do Bible studies with them, to talk about Jesus. That's my, my calling in life, my main job. And because of that, college football took a major backseat this weekend. But I'm going to give you a few of my thoughts, just a few, a few ideas, a few, a few nuggets, maybe pearls of wisdom, or maybe just nonsense. You guys can decide that. I'm going to start with probably the the more shocking uh, result, and that was Wisconsin beating Purdue at home 35 to 24. This game was 35 to 10 heading into the fourth quarter. And I I think out of all the games in the Big 10, this one really, really shocked me. I thought Purdue, I, I, honestly, I thought might be the best team in the West. I, I'll be honest. I don't think any team in the West is head and shoulders above everybody else. And so even Illinois, who I had number three in my power rankings, I don't necessarily think they are – I don't necessarily think they're that much better. And in fact – they're probably not as talented as several other teams in the West, but they are the most complete team right now. I thought Purdue was on their way to that as well. But Aiden O'Connell has these games where he is just not good. And I'm surprised. Again, I didn't watch much of the game. But just looking at the stats, you know, Devin Maccabee had a pretty decent game, 23 carries, 108 yards. He's the running back for the Boilermakers. And Aiden O'Connell, at least from a statistical perspective, was okay. He had 320 yards on around 67% passing. So that looks good until you see the one touchdown to three interceptions. And that, that's just not good. You know, John Torchio, the safety for Wisconsin, had two picks, one return for a touchdown. He might be an all-Big Ten selection, by the way. The way he's playing, he has been just dynamite for the Badgers. He's been one of the few bright spots. Here's the here's the the deal. 
I feel like I don't know where either of these teams are. Wisconsin, that makes sense to me because Wisconsin had a coaching change. I still need to get into talking about Paul Christ and my, my second thoughts about his firing. But, you know, Jim Leonard, now the head coach, he's figuring things out. Their roster is not the greatest, but they do have some pieces. So I, I think what we're seeing, you know, Wisconsin is going to be inconsistent because of the coaching change, right? They lost last week to Michigan State, and then they beat Purdue. I think Purdue's probably better than Michigan State. I don't think Michigan State's all that great. But Wisconsin can play down to their competition, and they can play up a bit. This week, they played up a bit. Defensively, they were ferocious, and you know they got the running game going. Graham Mertz was, was good. You know, not great, but he was good. And if Graham Mertz plays good, Wisconsin's going to beat a lot of teams. So I, I good for Wisconsin. They get to 4-4, four 2-3 and four, two and three in the conference. Purdue not out of it yet in the West, right? Because they, you know, they, they still, I think, in some ways control their own destiny because they do play Illinois uh, down the road. They only have they're only down one game, and so and their last four are still very winnable. Iowa, Illinois, uh, Iowa at home, Illinois at Illinois, Northwestern at home at Indiana. Illinois, on the other hand, they I mean they have to play Purdue, but they also have to play Michigan, and that I would almost guarantee Illinois is going to lose that game. And that's nothing against Illinois. I just don't think that they can match up nearly as well against uh, the Wolverines. Purdue, uh, uh, however, Purdue's got to figure out how to not be a turnover machine. Because when they are a turnover machine, they they don't have enough to make things happen. Uh, which is true for most teams, right? It's true for most teams. If you turn the ball over three times, you're probably going to lose. Purdue is, you know, and Aiden O'Connell has to be has to be better than that. Uh, another, I think, another surprising result, and it's not who won, but it's how was Maryland coming back to beat Northwestern, thirty one twenty four. Maryland was down at going into halftime seventeen to ten. Northwestern is not good. I keep saying this, and I'm sorry, Wildcat fans. But they're just not very good. And the fact that they were in this game at all, I'm not sure what that says about Maryland, quite honestly. Um, Ryan Holinsky did not play for Northwestern. They had a uh, another quarterback in. Brandon Sullivan was playing. He was not great. Two picks on two picks, 143 yards. Evan Hull was good, but that concerns me that Maryland let Evan Hull run all run all over him. 20 carries, 119 yards. I know Maryland was playing with a backup quarterback. Billy Edwards, you know, is playing in relief of Talia Tungavailoa. But I'm still, you know, I, I would have thought Maryland running the ball, you know, Roman Hemby, 24 carries, 179 yards, three touchdowns. I would think if you have that type of performance from your back, knowing the the receivers that you have, that should be enough to put away lowly Northwestern. And they it, they had to do it late. And I Maryland's six and two, but they've got Penn State, they've got Ohio State, 
I'm I'm not sure honestly how they do in this in the back in the back half of this season. You know, they have four games left. They go to Wisconsin. They go to Penn State home against Ohio State home against Rutgers. Tango Vailoa is in they have a puncher's chance with any of those teams just because they they do have firepower but I I would almost guarantee they're not going to beat Ohio State. I don't think they'll beat Penn State. And without Tango Vailoa, I don't think they get past Wisconsin and Rutgers Rutgers has fight, man, and they can they can play defense. And I just I am nervous for Maryland that all of the momentum that they have at going six and two and keeping it close with Michigan and all that stuff is gonna go out the window. And so we'll see. We'll see if Tunga Bailoa can get healthy. But I I don't this this did not inspire any confidence in me. Yes, they came back to win with a backup quarterback. But it's it's Northwestern. I, I would hope you would have dominated a team like this. Speaking of Rutgers, really impressed by Rutgers coming back to beat, or beating Indiana. I shouldn't say coming back to beat. They beat Indiana by a touchdown. I I, th- I think I picked Rutgers. I'm trying to remember who I picked. Um, but they, they held Connor Basilak to five yards a pass attempt and 62 yards on the ground. I mean, Indiana's not great offensively, but they were really good at limiting the Hoosier offense and Noah Vedral, you know, he's decent, but he didn't make the big mistake, right? 12 of 24. That's not good. 113 yards. That's not good, but a big old goose egg in the interception column. And that is good. That is very good. And the running game got going, uh, at least to some extent. Uh, Sam Samuel Brown, 28 carries, 101 yards. Not great, but he he kept the, the chains going. The, the key thing was they had a defensive touchdown, right? And they they were able to get pressure. Christian Broswell had the, the interception return for a touchdown, uh, which really, I think, w- was helpful in deciding this game. And again, Rutgers... Both these teams are crafty. Both these teams have hard-nosed head coaches. But again, the fact that Greg Schiano has them at four wins, it's similar to Indiana, quite honestly. The fact that Indiana is three and five is actually an overachievement. I would say the same thing for Rutgers at four and three. For them to, to get these wins, and now they've got a puncher's chance of getting bowl eligible. You know, at Minnesota with and if Minnesota ha- is going to continue to play their backup quarterback, they can win that game because that backup quarterback is not good. And then Michigan, no. At Michigan State, maybe. Penn State, probably not. But at Maryland, maybe. And so they've got a puncher's chance here to get bowl eligible. Even if they don't, 4-8 and eight against this schedule – is is really good, if I'm being honest. Like, Iowa, I know we make fun of Iowa a lot, but Iowa is still really good defensively, and Rutgers doesn't have the offense to really take advantage of Iowa's own offensive woes. They were never going to beat Ohio State. 
Nebraska, they were really close. And now they come back and beat Indiana. So they, they put themselves in a good position. And it's a tough, it is a tougher schedule down the stretch. But I'm curious to see what happens in the Minnesota game next week. At Minnesota, 2.30 p.m., you know, who's the quarterback? If Tanner Morgan comes back, I don't think I don't think Rutgers can pull it off. But if it's their backup, their backup hasn't been good. Which let's let's talk about the backup. Let's talk about Minnesota uh, against Penn State. I did not think it would be this much of a massacre. Although I think I said on the pod that if it was uh, Kalia Kamanis, it would it would be awful, and it was awful. It was very awful. He was nine of twenty two, hundred seventy five yards, touchdown and a pick, and. Unlike, I, this is where I think the game was a little different, although I think because Morgan wasn't in, I think that the defensive priorities probably changed a little bit for Penn State. Mo Ibrahim, 3.4 yards a carry. He had 30 carries, one touchdown. But he was not very, like, he wasn't super effective. You know, 30, 30 carries, 102 yards, 3.4 yards a carry. Penn State was able to load up the box and... Not only that, but Penn State was able to run the ball. They ran the ball for five yards of carry, two touchdowns from Nicholas Singleton, and that's the recipe to win. If you can run, if Penn State can run, Clifford is very effective. 23 of 31, 295 yards, four touchdowns. And this this game was a little in the balance at first, right? It was 17-10 at half. Penn State really pulled away. So it's a good, it was a good bounce back win for Penn State. But Minnesota did not I, – I, I think this game is probably a little closer if Tanner Morgan's in. Like maybe more like a 38-27 game, something like that. Kalia Kamanis was just not good. Just wasn't good. So Penn State is obviously going to play Ohio State this upcoming week. And that will be the last game we recap. Ohio State, Iowa – I'm going to – I don't know what to do with this game. Because if you look at the score, you would say, oh, 54 to 10, ho-hum, Ohio State's really good. Iowa stinks. Iowa – Iowa's defense actually played pretty well in this game. They they turned C.J. Stroud over twice. He fumbled, he fumbled and he threw a pick, although I think the pick probably shouldn't have been a pick. Looked like he actually dropped it, but still, C.J. Stroud threw a really bad ball. There were a few balls that he threw that were not very good balls that probably should have been picked. Iowa, I thought they, they stuffed the run game. Like You look at Ohio State's running running game, it was non-existent. Like They had maybe two or three good runs all game, and I think they averaged, they averaged 2.2 yards a carry. That's just ugly. Now, part of that was sacks. And a kneel down, but on 30 carries, they got 66 yards. They averaged the same amount of yards per carry as Iowa. And so that that's very, very uh that's that's alarming. If I'm if I'm an Ohio State, well, I am an Ohio State fan. As an Ohio State fan, I am alarmed. Because you can't run against Iowa. How are you gonna run against Michigan, against Bama? Again, you know, against the better teams if you get to the playoff. I am tempted to move Ohio State down. 
I don't know if I will yet. I don't know how much of this was just Ohio State was clunky or Iowa was really good and Ohio State just actually isn't as good at on the ground as I thought. I'm also really concerned Jackson Smith and Jigba came up gimpy after, I think, his 20th snap. We don't know what's wrong there. It doesn't, it doesn't sound like from the coaches that they're all that concerned. But... They've, they've been kind of coy with us about injuries a lot. So I, I just don't know if I trust anything that the coaches say at this point. Here's the bottom line. Two takeaways. This is the first time, I think, since Notre Dame that Ohio State has been a little clunky. It's also the best defense they've faced in all, all year. And they looked clunky. I want to make this point, though. Every other team in the country has had a clunky game. And they have either been within a touchdown or they've gone to overtime or they've lost. Ohio State has a clunky game and they win by 44. This is the problem with this game. And a part of it is Iowa like was a turnover machine. And listen, if you're an Iowa fan, I feel sorry Because that offense is a JV offense. I mean, it's bad, man. It it was so bad that I I was checking score updates while I was at the conference. And as soon as Ohio State got up 3-0, I'm like, well, they they won. Now, granted, Iowa got the fumble return for a touchdown. But I'm like, what what can Iowa do? They can't do anything. Their, Their quarterbacks were a combined 11 of 24 for 81 yards and three picks. Their QBR, quarterback rating, out of 100, Alex Padilla was a 3.1. Spencer Petrus was a 5.9. And that's in addition to the Iowa rushing attack being awful. It's just so bad. They fumbled it three times as well as through three picks. And they gave up five sacks. I mean, this is an awful Awful defense or offense. They they had 158 yards. 158 yards of total offense. I just and I get like and I think Ohio State's defense is is pretty good. I don't think they're 158 yards good. So I I don't know what to make of this game. It's it's the weirdest game. Because I, I feel like I don't know what happened. Like, was this good Ohio State in the second half? Was this, well, Iowa got tired. I don't think Iowa got tired. I think that's a dumb, like, even just looking at the amount of snaps that people took. I'm like, no, nah, it's 62 snaps. That's not, that wouldn't tire someone out. Um, yeah, I don't know. I It's hard to, because Iowa kept giving the Ohio State the ball back. But I, I think this needs to be said, in comparison to Michigan with Iowa, Ohio State looked more dominant. And that's, I say that as someone who I think Michigan looked cleaner. I thought they looked, like I thought their their running game was certainly much better than Iowa. But also Iowa was able to throw the ball against Michigan. Iowa! 
They, have, they I think they threw for 240 yards. So I, I don't know what to make of this. If, like, Iowa just spit the bit and, like, was just just horribad today on offense. And because, I mean, they, they threw the ball right at a couple of Ohio State defenders. So it's, it's – Ohio State made – they were in the right place. And then I think if I were in the right place, I could have made the pick the way that those throws were made. Um, but also, you know, you watch the highlights. C.J. Stroud made some really high-level throws, uh, NFL-level throws, and their receivers, even without Julian or Jackson Smith and Jigba, are immensely talented. So I, I just don't know. I, I'm tempted to. I, I don't think I'm going to drop anybody because it's, it's hard to drop someone after a 44-point win. And and this is the thing that, that perplexes me. Ohio State won by 44, and I'm questioning how good they are. Which maybe that speaks to the standard that I that I expect from Ohio State, which maybe lends itself to how we should value Ohio State. Because if we're expecting Ohio State to blow out Iowa, and they do it, but in a way that was unimpressive... Well, maybe they're better than we think. I I don't know. I feel like it's a it's a conundrum that I don't know. I'll tell you what I do know. Clemson struggled with Syracuse, and they had to put in their backup quarterback, Cade Klub, Klubnik. He brought him back from the brink. Good for him, right? But again, Clemson struggled. Against an okay Syracuse. I know they're ranked, but like they they're on the verge of losing to Purdue, right? So like a Purdue level team, not a lot of talent, gave Clemson fits. They almost lost. Ohio State was never in danger. Right? Uh Alabama Almost lost to Texas. They almost lost to Texas A&M. I know they had their backup, but like they almost lost to those teams when they struggled. Ohio State struggles, and they win by 44. Like I just don't know what to do with this. Oh, my gosh. So I, stay tuned for the top 10 recap, the picks for this week. I'm also going to get the midseason review, uh, mid-season review out to you guys very soon. But that's it for the recap. Thanks for listening. Take care. God bless.